Hello, Dallas Johnson. I hope you are doing well. And this is your dealer training podcast. You know, I am one of the biggest cheerleaders for getting into this car dealer industry, which I believe is the world's greatest business because it allows you to access dealer auctions, whether you are physically in a dealer auction or bidding on vehicles online through the multitude of online dealer auctions you can now access with a dealer's license. This is truly a phenomenal business, but we are a very tightly regulated business because we are such a high profit industry. And you know, many high profit industries tend to be very tightly regulated. The real estate profession is tightly regulated because of the profits involved. The insurance industry is tightly regulated because of the high profits involved. If you're going to get a securities license to sell stocks and bonds, it's a tightly regulated industry because of those high profits. So when you have a dealer's license, it's a tightly regulated industry because it tends to be very high profit. And in the past, we have had a multitude of fraudulent transactions committed by licensed motor vehicle dealers. And I think, you know, I think 25, 30 years ago, a person would get a dealer's license, sell a vehicle to a customer, not disclose any mechanical defects, and then get the customer out the door and lock that door, which is illegal in every state, and it's against the federal law. You know, so I, I think at that time they would turn around and then, you know, lie to the next customer. Well, those days are now over, and our states do require that you give full disclosure on your vehicles. You're going to have to display that buyer's guide on every vehicle to let your customers know whether or not you're offering a warranty. So because of that fraud, though, in the past, we are now seeing much tighter regulations over current licensed dealers. And I want to talk about that right now. You are listening to the Dealer Training Podcast with Dallas Johnson. You know, as I travel the country showing entrepreneurs just like you how to obtain a dealer's license, or as I help currently licensed dealers take their income to another level, the people I meet like you are honest, ethical, hardworking folks that would never dream of conducting any fraudulent transaction. And people like you operate their businesses with the highest level of ethical standards on every transaction. However, unfortunately, there are still a handful of dealers out there that conduct fraudulent transactions, and those are the dealers I want to talk about in this podcast today. In many cases, dealers go to prison for a multitude of financial crimes, maybe for not paying taxes or obtaining fraudulent floor plans or uh, submitting false documents for a, a floor plan. So let's talk about dealers that go to prison because they don't pay their taxes. You've got to set some of your big profits aside when you get your dealer's license to pay your taxes. You know, it's part of the gig. When you're making this new money, you've got to pay your taxes. Recently in New York, a father and son were both sent to prison. The father was sentenced to eight years in prison, and the son was sentenced to three years in prison for understating the value of their inventory to pay lower taxes. And they were also accused of making numerous false statements to conceal their assets from financial institutions and other creditors when they filed for bankruptcy. And as a result of that, more than a half million dollars in unsecured debt was basically discharged in those proceedings. But in 2019, officials said the dealer committed aggravated identity theft by actually using customers' personal identification information in connection with fraudulent car loan applications. And they were convicted of bank fraud conspiracy and conspiracy to defraud the United States and the IRS. You know, so... Well, once of all, when you make false statements to the IRS, that's a felony. But if you also make false statements to a lender, that's a felony as well. And in addition to prison terms, usually these dealers, such as the ones that I just talked about, were sentenced to several years of post-release supervision, and they're always required to pay several million dollars in restitution as well. You are listening to the Dealer Training Podcast with Dallas Johnson. As I state in all of my dealer training courses, whether you're taking that in person or online, you need to set some of your profits aside to pay your taxes on your newfound income. It is imperative that you do this. You know, put a, put 
20, 30% aside, whatever it takes, just make sure you are ready to pay that tax on that newfound wealth. Here recently in Nebraska, a dealer was sentenced to a year in prison for bilking lenders out of $500,000. And he pled guilty to fraud for obtaining a line of credit from a bank after creating false financial statements and even lying on financial statements. So this is a this is a very common occurrence where a dealer will actually put false information on a loan application in order to get more money. Well, that's fraud. That's a felony in most states. So I do want you to be aware of that. And they were initially indicted of 13 counts of wire fraud. And, and you know, think about this. If you are just, let's just say, for example, you're a dealer in Nebraska and you're doing an online loan application for from an Iowa bank. Well, and you lie, that's that's interstate wire fraud, huge crime. You know, anytime you're uh, applying online, and you're not putting in correct information, that can be determined as wire fraud, which was the case in this scenario. And prosecutors said the dealer created false financial statements to obtain loans, and uh, that's that's wire fraud. So that's a big no-no here. you got to make sure that all the paperwork that you're submitting to bank, any bank or lending institution when you're a dealer, it has to be accurate. A dealer in New Jersey is going to spend two years in prison for wire fraud, and he intentionally defrauded lenders and customers of his car dealership and he had obtained loans from an auto division of a bank, but never delivered the cars to the purchaser. That's some pretty bad stuff there. And still made those purchasers responsible for paying the loan. Who thinks they're going to get away with that? I mean, today, you know. So that dealer also loaned money from another bank for cars he delivered, but were ne ne never delivered as well. So that's really interesting. Some of the things that some dealers try to get away with. And, you, I mean, it's common sense. You just, you're not going to be able to get away with that type of unethical sales activities. You know, that same dealer sold vehicles on consignment for customers. So he would sell a vehicle for a customer and never give the money for that vehicle to the customer. So you know, think about this, uh, you know, somebody consigns a vehicle on your lot and you sold that vehicle and didn't pay that customer. I mean, who's going to do that and not expect to have some uh, legal recourse out of that? I really don't understand how anyone would really think they're going to get away with these fraudulent types of transactions because I guarantee you they always, always get caught. You are listening to the Dealer Training Podcast with Dallas Johnson. Here's another scenario where a dealer was recently sentenced to 27 months in prison. So in connection with automobile loan applications for multiple D, uh, multiple borrows. So a dealer in New Jersey actually directed his employees to submit documents to lenders that falsely stated the buyer's employment, salary, and sources of income, and also stated that down payments had been made when they were not, and they even altered those customers' pay stubs to increase their income so they can get the loans for those customers. Big no, no, no. You know, that dealer falsely indicated that borrowers made salaries they did not, that they worked at jobs that they did not, and received income from Social Security Administration that they did not receive. And they even stated that those customers made down payments that they did not. So, you know, in some instances, that borrower was not even aware of and did not consent to the using of their personal information to obtain these loans. So pretty unethical stuff here, you know, serious stuff here. And in that case, the FBI actually got involved. So, that, you know, those were some serious crimes. Listen to this case involving a Massachusetts dealer. A dealer used his dealer's license to launder and transmit the proceeds of romance scams, pandemic unemployment fraud, and other fraudulent schemes. Specifically, the dealer accepted fraud proceeds from cash from customers that did not even exist, took a percentage fee for laundering the funds, and then used those remaining funds to purchase used vehicles at auto auctions. Can you believe this? supposedly for the use of his customers. So that dealer then shipped those vehicles abroad, principally to Nigeria, where they were sold for the benefit 
of uh, the dealer, obviously. Here's a, a case that involved a Louisiana dealer. A Louisiana dealer was recently sentenced to prison for odometer fraud for two years. And, you know, unfortunately, odometer fraud still exists. And I think in the old days, these old school dealers would basically take an old drill and put it in the back of some mechanical odometer and roll those odometers back. I actually had a dealer in my class told me one time, he said, yeah, we used to do that, but it would take forever to roll those odometers back and it became very time consuming. I had a dealer in my class telling me this. He had a license in the past and he was telling me how he used to put a drill behind an odometer and roll those odometers back and it took forever. So, And he was just telling me about this. Well, anyway, now it's much more easy and high-tech in nature. So you can take any one of those vehicle diagnostic scanners that you hook up behind uh, you know, the steering wheel to read O2 sensors and things like that. And you can feed a program in there and basically change the, dig the digital readout to most vehicles on the dash. But what these odometer fraudsters aren't aware of, when they're changing the digital readout on the dash, they are not changing the digital readout to the vehicle's computer. So it's a very traceable crime. And, you know, here, this dealer uh, that was uh, in, in Louisiana was doing this and was actually sentenced to prison uh, and was selling vehicles uh, on eBay throughout Louisiana, Mississippi, and Texas. And the average odometer rollback was 147,000 miles. Now, that dealer in Louisiana thought he was going to get away with it because he was not required under Louisiana state law to sign a an odometer disclosure statement. So he thought he was not going to get caught. However, every time he altered an odometer with the intent to change the mileage on the odometer, he violated federal law. And in my, in my head, you know, this is common sense stuff here. You can't roll back odometers regardless of the age of the vehicle. It's a felony on every occurrence. And, you know, I'm, I'm a big believer that, you know, if a dealer's unethical enough to roll back an odometer to make money, I mean, that dealer should be in prison. I'm a strong believer that, uh, you know, the unethical activity of rolling back odometers should land any dealer in prison. So I'm sure that that's something that you would never even consider doing. You are listening to the Dealer Training Podcast with Dallas Johnson. This is a very interesting case. In New York, a dealer was sentenced to prison for failing to pay on floor plans. Floor plan fraud is actually very common. And floor plan fraud is where you get a loan for your inventory from some bank for specific vehicles. Then you sell those vehicles and you don't pay down the floor plan. That's called floor plan fraud. And like I said, you know, that's 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 bad. And sometimes dealers will take the, you know, floor plan uh, uh, money, buy a vehicle, sell that vehicle, then they'll take that money and go buy more vehicles. You can't do that. When you got a loan for a vehicle and you sell that vehicle, you got to pay that specific loan down for the proceeds of that vehicle. And, you know, uh, so anyway... What happened here, they call this floor plan debt or floor plan fraud. And, you know, this dealer in this case uh, informed their dealer that they had sold these vehicles. Well, what's interesting, this allows those dealers to sell those vehicles, but the bank cannot repossess those vehicles that have already been sold because somebody that's purchased a vehicle legally, they bought that vehicle legally. You, the bank cannot repossess that vehicle. So this... Uh, left some banks on the hook here, you know, and banks cannot repossess sold vehicles to recover loans because the dealership has already transferred the title to the vehicles to the new owner. And that specific vehicle dealer was sentenced to four years in prison. So if you have a floor plan and sell that vehicle that you purchased with that floor plan, make sure and pay down your floor plan. Uh, you know, I, t I tell every person I train, be, be aware of floor plans. Floor plans kill dealers. Now, go get a floor plan. That's fine. But I'm going to recommend that you never walk into your deal first dealer's auction and sign on the dotted line and get a $250,000 floor plan. Because once in a while, I'll help someone get their dealer's license and I'll drive by their lot a, a couple weeks later and I'll see they got 50 cars on the lot, you know, with balloons flying around and salespersons running all over the place. And then I'll drive by a month later and that lot's empty and the building's for lease. Well, there's only one reason that happened. 
because that dealer was not able to make their floor plan. When I started my business, I started with a $25,000 floor plan, started making some money. I increased that to a $50,000 line, and it took me about nine months about nine to nine and a half months, and I paid my floor plan off, and I never had another floor plan again. I had a cash inventory, and I'm a big recommender to you when you get your dealer's license, have a goal of having a cash inventory because nobody's ever going to take your vehicles. You're not paying interest on those. Uh, just make sure when you got a cash inventory, you know, make sure you got those vehicles insured. You don't want a hailstorm or tornado to wipe you out and decimate your inventory and send you into financial ruin. So uh, in one of my courses, I definitely talk about that. Here's a very interesting case. Uh, before I end this podcast, I want to talk about a Toyota buyback program that there was a few years ago. You might remember this, but uh, the Toyota buyback program was designed to compensate Toyota owners who had bought certain models of Toyota trucks that were especially susceptible to frame rusting, which included Tacomas, Tundras, Sequoias, from basically 2004 to 2010. This program specifically excluded dealers from participating in that program. So we had a dealer that bought 350 rusting Toyota trucks at dealer auctions. He actually then obtained random people's driver's licenses and illegally titled the trucks in their name, after which he bribed a Toyota service manager and another dealership employee to process the paperwork for the bogus buyback vehicles. And then he got 150% of the listed Kelly Blue Book value for each one of those vehicles, which led him to a $4 million profit on that scam. He was sentenced to six years in prison for scamming Toyota out of that $4 million. So unfortunately, these are the dealers that give honest dealers like you and me a bad name. And a small handful of unethical dealers are the reason that we have become such a tightly regulated industry in the last few years. I have personally listened to discussions on state legislature floors. Many of them, in fact, when lawmakers are discussing new regulations for dealers, and they'll always tell a story about one unethical dealer that conducted some type of outrageous criminal activity, and then they pass a law making it more burdensome for the honest ethical dealers like you to run your business. In fact, in the next podcast, I'm going to talk about some of the crazy dealer laws that are being introduced across the country. And I, I want you to join me and see how we can fight back against these anti-dealer laws. We need to let these anti-dealer lawmakers know that we vote and that we are huge sales tax revenue generators. Licensed motor vehicle dealers are normally one of the very largest sales tax generators for all 50 states. Uh, so if they want to impede our growth, I mean, we're going to vote against them. We are a business and we will expect them to support our business and not punish our business because of the unethical operation of one dealer in a state. You know what I'm saying? So anyway, they need to stop these burdensome regulations over our industry because of a very small group of unethical dealers. You are listening to the Dealer Training Podcast with Dallas Johnson. I hope you found the podcast informational. Uh, you know, I also want you to be aware, you know, when you got a dealer's license, there's a wealth of opportunity. If you're just willing to follow a few simple sets of, of rules and guidelines, you don't have to break any laws to make an incredible amount of money. In fact, if you're ready to operate honestly and ethically and follow every law, rule, and guideline, you're actually going to make much, much more money since you're never going to get fined or possibly even go to jail. But don't worry, you're not going to go to jail you know, unless you are part of some really, really unethical uh, money laundering scheme or something like that. So do please keep that in mind. Hey, I hope you enjoy the uh, podcast here. You can always subscribe to this podcast at our website, dealerslicense.com is the main website that I put content on, dealerslicense.com. You can also find the uh, uh, podcast on Spotify, Apple, Google, or wherever you listen to your podcast. And I want to thank you very much. And I want to wish you the very best of luck with your business. Thank you very much. You are listening to the Dealer Training Podcast with Dallas Johnson. 